Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Star Wars toys, as well as Marvel, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Star Wars Action News' coverage at the Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, California. Hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Be sure to go to SWActionNews.com where you can see videos and photos from the show floor and chat about the convention with other listeners in our forums. Hello, Celebration Collector Social Area. Welcome to the final panel of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, the podcast all-stars. I am Arnie, co-host of Star Wars Action News, and we will just go down the row, introduce ourselves, and say what show we're with. We'll start with the gentleman on the phone. (laughs) I'm watching the Rogue One trailer. Matt Fox from uh, This Week in Star Wars, trying to be informed. Uh, Ryan Bizey from Galaxy of Toys, Spinner Rack, and Collecting Cosmos. Jason Luttrell from Galaxy of Toys Podcast. Hey, Jason. Uh, it's Barrett Lawton, Master Collect Them All from the forums, your Swan Holocron Enhancer. Marjorie from Star Wars Action News and Star Wars Collecting Cosmos. Amy from Star Wars Collecting Cosmos. It's still weird to me you have a second from. That is just... I'm sorry I'm cheating on you. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here on Sunday afternoon. We are some of the last people here. People have been making a mass exodus, and I understand why. Uh, It's not like I have not had the time of my life. The parties at night have been great. The days have been amazing. I've had a tremendous experience. I actually bought everything I came here to buy, but ready to go home? I, I think so. Did, did you buy anything that you were super excited about? I know beforehand you said there was nothing you were really excited about. I got really super excited by the Vader case project when I got here. One of a kind items that I were in here in the social area. I got to look at them all day, every day, and just really think they were some great pieces of art. And by buying two of those, those are my favorite purchase of the con, and I was super excited that I was able to afford any of them with CJ and Sand Suite and the briefcase handcuffed to them of money that they must have <laughs> since it was cash only. <laughs> So, so Arnie, can you explain to everybody which uh, cases you bought there? <laughs> yes, I bought Denise Vasquez's glow-in-the-dark Vader case. We In the social room, we're figuring out how to dim the lights. The lights went off. People thought we lost power. It was quite amusing, actually. But Denise's case glued so brightly that I was like, that is a gorgeous case. And when it was only $200... And it was about to end. He was, it was like going three times. And I'm like, 220. Just, it was, it was, try it. And I got that one. I was really happy. I was really excited to get the Death Star 
balls, the fuzzy balls that you hang from your, <laughs> from your. Balls is the right word for that, I gotta say. And I figured that during Halloween, they're already gray, so during Halloween I could repurpose them into zombie balls. And yes, hang them from my indeed you can. I was really excited about them. I didn't see a picture beforehand. I'm like, Death Star Fuzzy Dice, great idea. And then I saw them and I'm like, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're ten dollars. Uh, you can't yeah. go wrong for ten dollars. I got some for Flat Jerry. What about you guys? I waited in line for about two and a half hours to get into the celebration store, only to find out they were sold out of every item that I actually waited in line for. Which ones? What were the items? I was looking for the Force Awakens T-shirt. Yeah, I got all gone. Yep, every size gone. What day was this? This was uh, Thursday, actually. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. I knew that was going to be a hot one. And, I knew and that. then again Friday. I waited. Yeah. Um, I also was hoping to get one of the, the baseball caps. All gone. And the pin set from A New Hope was also completely sold out. Now, they, the pins, they did allotments every day. But I think right. the shirts, they were just gone. Yeah, they told me that um, they were, I think on Friday, they told me they were printing more shirts that day to bring to the convention. I don't know if more shirts ever arrived. Honestly, after the disappointment of not finding anything for the first two days, I kind of just gave up. I don't think that the shirts arrived because I've been seeing a lot of angry tweets from people about not being able to get shirts. Um, I bought on Wednesday night, on preview night, I got the couple items that I was really struck by, the salacious crumb clock and a couple t-shirts. The, the Sort of it was a surgical strike on the assumption that I'd be able to go back at some time and fill in the holes. But... Apparently, they're trying to recreate the Celebration 3 experience in the store. So I never set foot back in there. But I got, you know, the must-have items. The clock seemed to be very popular. I thought that thing was creepy. It has, like, it's my grandfather's creepy. eyebrows, and it's watching me. It's the way the eyes go back and forth. It's like those old mystery movies where the eyeballs are in the painting. I mean, it's really creepy. I couldn't own that. Well, I like the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World. It's sort of like something out of there. It's so bad, it's good. You know, it's, it's one of those items. What about you, Amy? Anything in the store? Um, I got the sushi set. I did pick up the Force Awakens t-shirt. It was the first thing I had in my hand that, that day. Because I was, I was thinking that was going to be the first thing to go. And uh, did pick up the Jedi set, which is what I really wanted. The pin set for Jedi. Yeah, we were able to go back and get the Jedi pin set. Because we ran the room, we got to go in with the Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters on Wednesday night. So I did get the Force Awakens t-shirt. I also, that was one of my very first things, though. But the pins were gone by the time I even got into the store on Wednesday night. And so I didn't think I'd get them. We were able to go back on Thursday mor Friday morning and pick up. Again, I just got the Jedi set. You know, I got the ones I wanted. People were hoarding them, reselling them. I... I Marjorie liked the Gamorreans, so we got that set. I asked, I actually asked one of the people at the store um, about the lack of the Force Awakens product, the t-shirt, and I said, I mean, everyone probably would want that. That's the, you know, that's the first official merchandise from the new movie that I know of. And she said that, well, everything was so chill in Orlando, they just didn't expect this kind of turnout here. Yeah, keep in mind, a lot of their Celebration merchandise from Celebration Europe 2 and Orlando ended up like at Think Geek and some of it on clearance. I mean, I have to believe the Death Star soccer balls, some of those have to be left over from, from Celebration Europe because it just doesn't make I mean, it's a cool idea, but it's not a California thing the way it is a European thing. So 
the attendance, I was reading numbers beforehand, both on Wiki and at like Jedi News and things, that there were going to be 150,000 people here. I don't think they hit that number, but I looked because I was interested in the numbers. The highest attendance at a celebration previously was 35,000. I think that was tied at celebrations three and four. I think this will definitely beat it. I've heard from the hotels that they think 41,000 people came based upon the rooms. The Orange County newspaper on Friday's headline said there were 100,000 on Thursday. Wow. I find that hard to believe, yeah. but this yeah, was crowded. I heard 70,000, which I'm more inclined to believe because yeah. that's about the maximum size of WonderCon, which is also held here. Yeah, I checked the building itself to see what the maximum number of people in each of the rooms is, and not counting the hallways, it maxed out around 60,000. So 100,000 in this building. I mean, I don't, I was going off of, again, just what the convention site says, but I'm very interested in the numbers. Now, keep in mind, they run numbers differently with Reed than they do like San Diego. San Diego goes by member ID. So if you buy four one-day passes, they're still counting you as one person. Reed, from my understanding from New York Comic Con, goes by number of passes. So if you bought a four-day, you're one person. If you bought three one-days, but you're one person, you're three people. So it, it's interesting numbers, but I'm curious. I think this will blow the doors off of the attendance numbers, and yeah, they just weren't prepared for the people, and this shows across the board. Every exclusive was a pain to get. Yeah, and all every pass was sold out. Yesterday, there were no one-day passes left. There were no one-day passes left yesterday for today, for Sunday. Nothing. My wife was actually she came to just to go to Disneyland. She didn't really want to go to too much of a celebration, and she thought, well, I'll just buy a one-day pass for Sunday. But by the time she decided to buy her one-day pass, completely sold out. I, I really don't think that this building is, is built. I know 70000 is what the capacity says, but it seems that the services in this building aren't equitable to that amount. I, Keep in mind, though, they were, the services aren't based to maximum capacity. They base the perishable goods off of estimated attendance, not maximum. Yeah, on Saturday I went to get, tried to get lunch around 1, and they told me that they were out of everything except nachos, and they had been for a while, and I could not find any sort of meat byproduct in the building whatsoever. <laughs> so, and then they just don't seem to have enough, like they have some food trucks outside, but not enough for the amount of people that are here. And I think the food trucks are like a stable thing, it seems, for the evenings here, but it just seemed that they were lacking in a lot of services. And I know in Orlando, the food court was usually busy, especially at the peak times, but it was manageable. And there were some, I mean, I, I ate a lot of crepes because nobody seemed to want to eat crepes in Orlando. <laughs> but here there's, I mean, yeah, like Marjorie was saying, they ran out of hot dogs at the various vendors and the food truck. If, even if you're inclined, the lines are too long. It's... It's, just, it's a lot of people. Yeah, I went on, this was Friday, to just get a quick lunch. And this was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but, you know, this is how cons go. And I was told that there was a devilicious food truck out there that was pretty far down, so it had a smaller line. I'm like, fine, I don't care. I don't care what it is. I just, I go there, and it is like a four-person line. I'm like, this is great. I stand 15 minutes in line to order. I'm like, perfect. I didn't realize there was then a 45-minute wait for them to cook your food, and that the crowds milling about were actually the people who had placed their order before and were stuck in purgatory, having spent $40 on two burritos. Literally, $40 on two burritos. 
and then just you're stuck there. And I mean, it got to the point of like, I don't, I want to leave more than I want that forty dollars of food. You know, one thing I want to say they did get right here is the bathrooms. Any other convention you go to, you're waiting in line twenty minutes to go to the bathroom. Here, they have so many bathrooms here that I don't think I had to wait at all to go to the bathroom at any day. It's a lot of, you know, probably too much information. I did have one time walk in and be like, okay, there's a line. I'll hold it. Turn around, walk out. Try it later. It was fine. Yes, well, yes. Well, Baron, if they're not giving us any food or drink, we have no need. <laughs> All dressed up and nowhere to go. Now, in this room last night, we held the swap meet. How many of you guys were able to make that? I, I was here, definitely. I sold at the swap meet. <laughs> I was here for a while, and then I actually kind of gave up on it. It was just too, I was too overwhelmed. I, I didn't know, it. I just got overwhelmed and had to, and I left. I couldn't believe the crowd for this. I mean, every time we do it, it seems to get bigger. And I mean, this was the third time, second time in the States. We did do it once in Germany. And the line outside started to form about an hour and a half ahead of time. And we were letting people in and it was fortunate that we had some help managing the lines because we were able to get the line organized and get everything going for that. But the number of people, we ended up just having to let them in like 50 at a time, but we were able to get everybody in within the first hour. And I didn't feel that the crowds were so overwhelming that you couldn't shop. And the people in here, and then we started having people set up in the hallway that had other items. A lot of great items. I only bought a few things. I'd bought some stuff at the room sales before. Uh, I think one of my purchases was uh, one of our friends from Jedi News said, here's a box of cereal only available in the UK, and even Gus doesn't have a sealed box. He only got the flat, and it was $4. I'm like, well, uh, all right, 4 bucks for a box of cereal. Didn't, didn't that box of cereal lead to something else with Marjorie, if I recall? <laughs> it, it did, because... I always had a rule, no food collectibles, because I don't want the critters that come with that. We've, in fact, thrown out a lot of boxes of food, like episode two and episode three Mountain Dew boxes and old Pepsi cans from episode one with Amidala on them. Yes, and there was someone here who was selling the Spanish like potato stick wrappers that, or the bags that had Jar Jar on them and where you could do the mail away for the Jar Jar tongue sticky thing. So I bought one of each of those and, and the big giant bag that he had, and then he gave me a big giant bag for free too. So somehow my buying brand new cereal led to her buying 16-year-old wrappers. <laughs> the floodgates. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Sure. Well, all food products from here on out are fair game now. <laughs> this means war. Did you buy anything? I mean, you said you were overwhelmed. I did not. I, well, I traded. A, I did actually trade a few cups because um, our our Starlight group from Seattle was uh, trading cups, so I did that for a while. But um, and then, but a lot of the group I was with, they really wanted to go to dinner, so I kind of we kind of all moved on from there. But um, I applaud you on actually organizing that because getting 50 people in and out of here at a time is pretty impressive. I had been waiting in the uh, Force the Force Awakens. Um, uh, prop display room and I waited like maybe f almost four hours today to get in there so <laughs> there's just so many people here there's just lines everywhere I was actually walking back up here to the show and 
the Lucasfilm crew person or Reed Pop, whatever, had, was telling people that they actually closed that line at noon and capped it because that's all they could get through for the day. They could stand in line if they wanted to, but they probably weren't going to get in at all if they got in, and it's like 4 o'clock. Yeah, I got in line at 10 a.m., and I didn't get out of there till around 2. Wow. I was fortunate. I waited until Sunday, and then they were allowing people with media passes to get in a little faster. And can we talk about that room for a minute? Because it took me back. I know people say they felt like a kid again. I didn't feel like a kid again. I felt like a 28-year-old again. And specifically, I think that because I haven't felt that sense of wonderment since there was a museum exhibit in Indianapolis between episodes two and three. And they had Coruscant there. It was a big movie thing. They had the actual arc from Raiders and a whole bunch of other stuff, a whole bunch of movie props. And I didn't have a podcast then. I wasn't thinking, oh, I need pictures for my website. I was thinking, I need pictures. This is amazing. And that's the mindset I got in there. It was a dark room. There wasn't too much. So, and I'm glad because you could have gotten overwhelmed. Like when they did the episode three prop room at Celebration 3, there was so much that you were, it was too much. Here, you had a, like four stormtroopers, you had a couple main characters' outfits, and you the ships, those what got me. The Millennium Falcon and the X-Wing in there. And I'm like, I just became an utter fanboy without thinking about my website and just absorbing the love of Star Wars. You know, I know exactly what you mean there, Arnie. And the other thing that hit me as I'm taking pictures of like the Flame Trooper and the Snow Trooper is... We're going to get action figures of these. Maybe. It's Hasbro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm assuming here. And considering these are brand new things. We've never seen these before. And it's like, wait, we're going to get toys of this. This is kind of cool to have brand new toys, of uh, stormtrooper toys, you know, that we've never had before. That aren't from the Force Unleashed. Right, exactly. (laughs) Although they look like they are. uh, Not quite. They're not all colored. (laughs) But uh, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. And, like, can you imagine if we get, like, an X-Wing toy like that? That would be... I, I can't wait. You know, the thing I liked about... Uh, I saw it the following day on Thursday, and uh, the one thing that caught my eye was Kylo Ren's saber. Because everybody's talking about the saber, you know, when they first... The cross guard and how it's feasible, and it's, you know, he's going to chop his own hand off. So I'm looking at the saber, and that thing looks really old. It looks really like old saber, old saber. More than that, the, the red wire that runs outside of it makes it look like hacked, like, kind of like the Millennium Falcon of sabers. It's patched together, it's barely working, and I mean, it just, I want to know the story behind it. And of course, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan that loves the EU. I doubt they're going to actually give me that story in the movie, but there, there is a story behind it. Did you get in, Amy? I did. I uh, first thing Thursday morning, I think. Yeah, BB-8 was my favorite. That oh thing yeah, is awesome. He he's like the hit of the con, isn't he? The way he rolled out on stage Thursday morning and everything. Oh, easily to me anyway. But I'm a I like the droids. So BB-8 is what Chopper is trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, uh, I don't know if you guys look closely at the uh, Finn costume that's in there. But there's artwork next to the Finn costume uh, for the like production artwork, and he seems to have a very familiar lightsaber that he's holding with him. Spoilers. In his lightsaber. Specifically, the A New Hope Empire Strikes Back Luke Skywalker lightsaber that is uh, attached to his costume in the artwork. Huh. Well, we did see that lightsaber in the trailer that they yes. showed Thursday morning. 
True. And, I mean, there's minor spoilers in just knowing those characters are there for the most spoilerific. There's no plot points that we know. So I don't know, you know, your own level of spoiler warning applies, but I didn't see any lack of people going into that room going, oh my God, I don't want to know. About the only other small thing I noticed was the X-Wing had uh, BB-8 in the dread socket. Oh, I did not notice that, and I did take closer pictures. I was more, like, impressed there were people in the cockpit. There was a little X-Wing guy in the cockpit. I didn't pay attention to the droid, but yeah, BB-8... There were a few collectibles. The patch we gave away in here was just crazy for people to get trying to assemble BB-8. Well, and our friend Robert built a BB-8, and it was still in the beta stage because he had to tow it like it was on a leash, but (laughs) he couldn't walk like two feet without someone taking a picture of his droid. And he had the time of his life, I think, taking BB-8 around the convention because everyone wanted a picture of his droid. Yeah, I, I, I... If you hadn't been there, Marjorie, he offered to lend it to me at the bar Friday night so I could, like, drag it around and have all these women pose with me in BB-8. Yeah, I'd be, like, taking a cute puppy around. Yeah. Now, Amy, I know you built an R2. Are you going to build a BB? Uh, no way. Not not with the type of things that probably go inside to make it move like that. A static one, maybe. We'll see how cool he is in the movie. Yeah, we're judging a lot on, what, 12 frames of footage? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So what other collecting finds at the con? I mean, I talked about my Vader cases. I mean, what did you buy that you love at this convention? Lo, uh, Lobot's one of my... Uh, you bought Lobot? Lobot is my focus character. <laughs> Lobot's my focus character, and I bought a first shot of the 2004 original trilogy collection Lobot figure. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's pretty cool for me. Wait, where did you find. get that? I got it in the room sales, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you see the guy dressed as Lobot that, like, he duct-taped two walkie-talkies to the back of his head? (laughs) It it was quite awesome. Cosplay. It's not just for the rich anymore. I I think I got some really great pickups. I ended up getting the Hasbro uh, Toy Fair... Oh, shoot. Now I'm blanking on The Vader Anakin reveal. Yes. uh, Press kit. That's it. The Hasbro press kit from Revenge of the Sith. And I got it for a heck of a deal at the room sales. Uh, and then yesterday at the swap meet, there was a guy who came up to a lot of us who were doing the Ewoks, and he had a bunch of um, original cell art from Ewoks cartoon, uh, specifically Nisa, and they're full, full characters of Nisa, and he was selling to us for 10 bucks each. Wow. I, the going rate on those was around 40 or 50 I've seen at yeah. other cons. And then uh, some of them even included the original sketch on the back. Wow. Yeah. I saw you with that, and I didn't know the story behind it, but it looked good. Yeah. I picked up at least two of those. <laughs> it's, it's Princess Nisa. I couldn't resist it. Um, I picked up a couple vintage figures at the room sales, and my first boxed vintage vehicle, as I move on into that horrible quagmire. There uh, were some good condition ones, though. There my, were. There my were. problem with boxed vi- vintage is they're usually so beat up, but I saw at the right. rum sales, there were good ones. And the, uh, I do not understand this aspect of vintage collecting and that you can get a nice boxed vehicle for less than some random Return of the Jedi figure. But uh, <laughs> so whatever that. And, uh, but on the floor, I mean, the lines like you referred to earlier, especially for the exclusives, is, is basically pick one that you really wanted go get it. I mean, I had, I had to get the Gentle Giant minibus. That's something I do. And that sort of precluded me from trying to get Lego or Hallmark or Funko or any of the others. You know, if uh, what I picked up, I picked up a few vintage figures. Um, a lot of the 
vendors have these boxes that are out, and you can just kind of dig through them to get your vintage figures. So I ended up picking up a Bosque. I love Bosque. I ended up picking up a mail-away Emperor figure with the cane. Um, I got an Obi-Wan and a Vader. No cape, no lightsaber, you know, just the basic figure. But it's nice to pick up a couple figures like that, you know, 10, 20 bucks. I think I got the mail-away Emperor for 20 bucks, and the other ones were 10 bucks. You know, you put them on a wreath, play with them. Um, nothing you're going to keep, but that's basically my biggest purchase and I think I got a robe <laughs> I got four of the uh, watercolor sets or the oil paint sets from Jedi I just picked those up this morning are the flat ones or the figurals the, um, the flat ones that come in the box okay. paint by number I guess um, and I also picked up the 1983 Ralph McQuarrie Lucasfilm Christmas card that was something I picked up earlier and then a um, 1985 Jedi poster that I needed to complete part of my Jedi collection. And so I've been picking up a lot of Jedi stuff. I went to Todd Chamberlain. Uh, he has a place called um, Toy Chamber online. And uh, he has a little booth set up down here. And he's been selling a lot of Jedi stationery and erasers and pencil sharpeners from England and different unique things. Well, Arnie, you picked up something for me at the room sales, too. You bought me a Jar Jar proof card. Yeah, I did get an Episode 1 proof card, a Power of the Force proof card. I mean, they weren't items I can say I was specifically looking for, but they were not that expensive at $50 a card for, you know, never seen. I mean, they looked like they were bagged and boarded the day they were made and came right off the printer from back then. So that was kind of nice. They had a few. Uh, They had an Anakin and a Padme, and I can't remember if the third one was, I think, Panaka or something, but... With Jar Jar there, I felt like the purchase would go down a lot smoother if I handed you a Jar Jar than if I just came and said I bought proof cards. Marjorie, did you get the Jar Jar silk screen shirt in the store? Of course I did. In fact, they said they sold a lot of them, which I was really surprised about. I wasn't crazy about, like, the spirit animal part, but, hey, it's a Jar Jar shirt, and there are not very many of them anymore. It was kind of funny because we were talking to the silk screeners before the shop opened one day, and they, asked, they told us, you know, hey, we're going to be doing shirts real soon if you want to buy one. I'm like, well, we were here. We bought it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well... Uh, and then she said, yeah, I bought the Jar Jar shirt. Am I the only person? And they're like, no, no, lots of people are coming through. But they're all a little bit quiet about it. Like, yeah, I want the Jar Jar for my wife. Yeah. It's a <laughs> well, He's going to be rebounding like the Ewoks did. Well, Mark prequels my word. the new vintage now that we've got the sequel trilogy. Yep. <laughs> Something else will have to replace Jar Jar, though. That's what I said is everybody hated the Ewoks until they got Jar Jar. And now the Ewoks, there are some Ewoks in this room and thousands of people have come in to pose with the Ewoks and so now everybody hates Jar Jar but loves the Ewoks well all JJ has to do is make something worse than Jar Jar right and I mean we've seen Star Trek into darkness he can do it (laughs) I think Amy and I are just super on trend is all it is (laughs) that's right Ewoks are Vogue (laughs) best con experience for me, it's it's got to be. It's hard to say. I think the panel, the the J.J. Abrams Kathleen Kennedy panel, Thursday morning was the highlight because it was very emotional, and it really, um, it really brought me back to being ten years old 
waiting to see Return of the Jedi. I had not felt like that before. Even though I was excited about The Phantom Menace, that kind of emotion was not there for that film, waiting for it. Um, and then the second would be waiting in line for the, uh, not the actual part of waiting in line, but getting into the Force, the Force Awakens exhibit. That was just, it was amazing. Um, worth every minute I had to stand in line. I wish they could have found a way to make it go quicker, but glad I, glad I saw it. I'm still processing the whole thing and probably won't assimilate all my memories for a couple of weeks, but I mean, yeah, watching the JJ, I didn't see it in person, but I mean, I think going home, the trailer will be the thing that I remember most about it, certainly about the official presentations. Aside from that, it's just, you know, it's a celebration experience. It's, it's, it's the whole four days. It's not one singular event, at least in my case. The trailer. I mean, the trailer gave me goosebumps, and I, I'm talking to my wife, and she's like, you know, besides you, there's nothing I love that much to give me goosebumps. I'm glad you guys all, you guys are the nerdiest nerds that have ever nerded. I'm glad you guys can find that love with Star Wars, and it's true, I do, and I got goosebumps. And besides the trailer, I think that the premiere of The Rebels was was pretty good and just hanging out with uh, the guys and gals that you really hardly ever see that you're only talking on Facebook with and we get to hang out and have some drinks and I'm buying shots for everybody and you know it's 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 a lot to process you're right but there's a lot of great moments here's one right here you know this might be my best but we'll see how this goes <laughs> I'm sorry I missed you at the bar Baron I really am I'm sorry you did too yeah. But I'll get you next time, Amy. You've got a rain check, I'm sure. Yeah, San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, yes. You'd be surprised how long you can drink if you buy the first round. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think my greatest experience was being able to see people that I only see a few times a year or more often and hanging out with them in a different environment. Um, Saw some cool things. I still have only seen the trailer once because I've been here and been busy and Wi-Fi spotty and... When I'm done for the day, I usually eat dinner and crash for the night. Um, I will be binge-watching it probably. I'm not sure how I feel. I'm still kind of conflicted about it. But, well, no, who sees? Who knows? Maybe it'll grow on me and it'll become, like, I'll well up. But maybe I'm just overwhelmed right now with everything else. Well, I I survived SwagCon 2015. (laughs) Oh, boy. And I would say the, the side facet to that is getting to see my Star Wars family, which is all you guys and um, all the different collectors, dinners, hanging out at the bar. Um, it's really just the, the collectors, getting to hang out with the collectors and see them when you don't really get to see them all that often. I'm smiling because I know on our video podcast right now, everyone is seeing <laughs> do a shot from the bar. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, and Amy mentioned the swag. I think we need to talk about the swag, guys, because I think the swag totally overshadowed the exclusives because... I think I've got half a suitcase filled with swag. Legitimately. I mean, we ended up with baggies and baggies, like gallon baggies. Like, if it was marijuana, we'd be at felony level. Bags of buttons and and patches and pins and cards and everything. Not in Anaheim, you wouldn't. (laughs) 
I, I just, I've never seen bags that stuffed except in a movie about a drug deal. That's the only time I've ever seen, like, where you have not one bag full, but you're, like, keeping them in the suitcase and packing them in like little bricks of swag. I can't wear a lanyard anymore. Notice there's nothing on this lanyard because my last one was so heavy that it was weighing about three pounds around my neck, and I just couldn't wear it anymore. I had to trade out for a virgin nat- lanyard. What I thought was great is, you know, there's a lot of trading going on, that kind of thing, but I encountered so many kids that had made their own buttons and had their own swag, and they would come up to you if they see you had something, they say, I'll give you one of mine if I can have one of yours, and I thought that was so awesome that the kids were doing it. Totally blew me away. You know, it's like going back to when they released the first movie and they did not have enough merchandise and so people made their own things now it's oh you mean you mean (laughs) you mean a new hope i thought you meant the phantom medicine i'm like where were you i I, I thought this was a joke no no the first movie people had to make their own things yes you know and now it's kind of the opposite we have so much stuff that people making their own things is a little bit more meaningful and i kind of believe that this is going to be like almost the last convention before it's really mainstream i mean Star Wars is going mainstream. It, it already is. It, but it's, yeah. it's the swag that people are going to make that is going to be a little bit more special than, say... Baron, I was at Starbucks yesterday. Well, okay. D- I was at you Starbucks. You were at Starbucks every day. Yeah. <laughs> there, there were two girls in front of me in line going, oh my God, I am so glad we're here. Star Wars is so in this year. And that's, that's what's going on. Star Wars has been mainstream back when, I think it's Geek Magazine, which may not even be around anymore, declared Star Wars was hot again a few years ago. Um, it's always been hot for me, guys. Sorry. I think this is the last convention. I think the next convention, um, it's going to be more mainstream than it is now. How can it be more mainstream? It's going to be bigger. It'll be more people still. And I will appreciate Amy's swag and other people that they make. They put the time into it. Um, it's going to be just as important next year for me as the official stuff, I think. I already have designs on what I'm doing for the next celebration. Ooh. We'll talk later. Bosk, bosk, bosk. <laughs> Admittedly, the swag was there. I do want to end talking about the trailer because you guys were saying it gave you goosebumps. Uh, the panel for me was, I didn't get in the main room. I didn't even try to get in the main room. I, the line was started at noon the day before. I was thinking that if there's simulcast rooms. It was Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams. It wasn't George Lucas. So I decided to watch on the screen. And I found my interest waning as there weren't any announcements. Anytime J.J. was asked something, he'd just make this pensive look that like he ate something that disagreed with him and wouldn't answer. And Kathleen Kennedy said for the umpteenth time how she took over Lucasfilm. I'm like, okay. okay let, let's. I, was, I was hoping there was going to be news there. Wait, maybe, this is where maybe Barrett needs to buy a shot. We do a shot for every time she says that she was brought on by Lucas. So when the trailer came, they were literally doing the Apple thing because they had touted out the new cast. And that was exciting because I hadn't seen them interviewed before. And John Boyega kind of breaking protocol and getting the nasty look by J.J. when he said what he said, which is a little spoiler, so I won't repeat it. So that was more interesting. Then they trotted out the older cast, and that was kind of fun just to see them, you know. But then... They brought everybody out for one last bow. And then literally Kathleen Kennedy said, oh, one more thing, like Steve Jobs resurrected. And that's when the trailer came. So after about 50 minutes of get to it we and, and a half an hour delay of starting, it finally began. And the trailer, I loved the voiceover. 
it took me back to, you know, the nostalgia of Star Wars, which is what they're driving with these trailers. They want to... Eh, those prequels. Remember the good movies? That's their marketing campaign. I'm not saying that that's what their marketing is saying. They're bringing the old music. They're bringing the old voiceovers. They put the twist on it with the last line of that trailer. And that's a montage. And the music was great. The voiceover, it excited me. But I, I need more there to get really hyped and I don't know that JJ will ever give it to me they're calling this the first trailer they're not calling it teaser number two but until I know something about the story something about the plot you show me people vamping around it looks like a video game it looked a lot a lot like a combo between the old Republic video game and the Force Unleashed 2 video game and I I trying to explain this because I don't want people to think, oh, I'm hating on the new movies. I'm not. Or I'm hating on J.J. I'm not. He's made some great stuff, like any director. Some good hits, some bad things. I just, I'm still cautiously optimistic even after this next trailer because it could go either way. It's a totally new crew doing a totally new Star Wars. No matter what it is, it's a different beast than when it was under Lucas himself. Oh, I only saw it once, like I said, and the one thing I thought was the end with the Chewie, we're home, just felt really out of place, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just, you know, hey, look, there's people you know here. You heard the voice, and now here's, here's familiar faces too, right? In a familiar pose, no less. I mean, they, were, yeah. they, they went through a lot of recreation details, yeah. but I bring this up just because I wanted your guys' response because I have a feeling because I'm not at 11 on the trailer, I'm probably at 8 on the trailer, that that's so much less than the people who are at 11 that that might be whiplash-inducing. And I just wanted to bring it up for since you guys seemed like you were at 11, that, you know, just to provide a counterpoint of view and hear what you thought about that, and you know, to say, again, why you were excited and respond to that, because I know that our listeners in the forums and on Facebook and on Twitter are going to possibly overreact to me going, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> for, me, for, for me, the trailer was, um, like I said earlier, going back to being 10. Um, Luke, Han, Leia. Was Leia in it? Well, she's going to be in the movie. Well, yes, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't sure, you know, there were some shots that I wasn't sure who it was or who exactly. was doing what, you know, who's doing what. Um, those were my childhood heroes. And to know that my childhood heroes are coming back for one more adventure, like, that is enough for me to be at 11. Now, they could break my heart, I'm sure, and I, and I, hope, and I hope they don't. I'm just going to say this. I wish to God, I, if I could go back in time, if I had a DeLorean and could go back and change one thing, I would never crystal skull because that is a that is the moment where it, it, it just lets me know childhood heroes can be defiled. You know, the one thing that the one of the reasons why it brought me back was the the voiceover. But Mark Hamill is so good at doing vo voiceover work that that's how he kept his career going yeah, after yeah. Luke Skywalker. And Wouldn't it have been great if he did like a voiceover for that in the Joker voice? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember who said it. But somebody said that they've heard Mark Hamill talk, but when they heard that, that voiceover, that was Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And that's what the difference was. It was Luke Skywalker talking. And it was so good that I thought it was the original dialogue from Return of the Jedi 
because he sounded so much like Luke Skywalker until he made the twist on the end that you have it too. Yeah, that's and, no accident. They want you to think that. And he it was such a good job. And that's yeah. one of the things that puts me higher than 11. That puts me at a 15 when that happened. And then seeing Chewbacca and Han together again on the Millennium Falcon. I mean, I assume that's what it is, the Millennium Falcon. You yeah, see the yeah. little the, the the hallway there. Probably not the Outrider. Yes, but you know, he's bent over and and everything and Chewie looks a little older and no, you know, no, he doesn't. No, Chewie looked fantastic. <laughs> Chewie had not aged one day. Do you think Chewie is the uh, what's his name, Dick Clark of the Star Wars universe? Do you think? Do you think? And this isn't my joke, but do you think they had his cane on the end of his bowcaster, and that's why he was kind of linked over like that, leaning on the cane? I, I don't know. It looked like Chewie's eyes were a little weird. It looked like maybe he had some Botox done in thirty years. <laughs> he did. It, they were closed. He's they supposed were. to be dead. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was. I mean, I was probably at eleven on the trailer until. The, in, until the kicker at the end with Han and Chewie, uh, the you know when the very first scene where you see the pullback and you see the you realize that what you're looking at is a star destroyer, uh, the redesigned Tie Fighters, the redesigned you know, the new spin on all that stuff. I thought that was great, and I'm really looking forward to that. And then you see Han and Chewie, and it's just it's old Harrison Ford, and maybe I will get used to seeing him as Han Solo again. I don't know, I can't think off the top of my head of a franchise as ingrained as this where the characters have come back after so much time. Even Godfather 3 was only, was less than 20 years after Godfather 2. We're going on well over that for these guys. And when I see Carrie Fisher being, you know, in the role of Princess Leia, the way Carrie Fisher looks now, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything discouraging about the way Carrie Fisher looks now. It's just she doesn't look like she did 35 years ago. And it might take a little while to retrain ourselves to think that that is Han Solo. It's not Harrison Ford in Air Force One. You know what? Thank you. You have articulated for me what I was trying to earlier. Because I think you're right. I think when I saw the Crash Star Destroyer, I'm like, interesting. Kind of cool. And then I saw the voiceover coming and everything. And I did get to 11. I think you put it on it. Is the reason I went to Crystal Skull is seeing old Harrison Ford. And, but yet he looks better here than he did there. And seeing the pose. I mean, it, but you've articulated why I kind of fell back a little bit into I need more. They're home. They have a home. Are they on Corellia? I mean, I, I, I kind of thought the Millennium Falcon was like their RV. Yeah, I think the Falcon, I, I'm, I was going with the Falcon was their home. They're on it, their home. Um, we've all aged, and I'm... Not expect, as well as Carrie Fisher, some ex- of us. I would expect for the actors to age as well. I think it would be weird if they hadn't aged. Um, <laughs> so I'm with it. I'm good with it. Um, I think the passage of time is a fascinating thing, and to see how people do change over years, decades, is very fascinating. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they all look like suited up for the new movie. But yeah, yes, the age, we expect them to age. We grew up, so they should also grow up. But would you have felt differently if they had just recast it and they were the same age as they were in the movies 40, almost 40 years ago? I would have been extremely disappointed if they recasted any of them. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody wants Get Off My Lawn Solo, Han Solo. And we didn't get a chance to get a good look at Mark Hamill to see what he looks like, to see if he's more Obi-Wan or more Luke. 
or the beard looks good on him, though. I gotta say, the offset photos, he the beard works. And I think out of all of them, Mark Hamill looking as good as he does in that beard probably surprises me more than anything else because. Even though we haven't seen Harrison Ford in the Han Solo role, we've seen him age over the years. And Hamill kind of just shows up here and there as the trickster or whatever. And Carrie Fisher, you know, she hasn't been in jail in a while, so nobody's seen her. (laughs) The psych ward, that's what it is. Um, Rehab, okay? She's taking a vacation. She's needing rest, okay? Let's not get sued for libel. To my knowledge, she has done no time. Two days in the back to tank, and she'll be strong enough to shoot hairs off a gun dark. Okay, but it is it. Nobody wants the rough and and tumble Harrison Ford that they've gotten used. We want the smooth, kind of you know, ladies' man Harrison Ford. And can he be a ladies' man at 80 years the old? Firewall Harrison Ford. You know, <laughs> can he be a ladies' man at 80 years old? I don't see. I don't have a problem seeing Billy D. Uh, Lando doing that at 80 years old, but can Harrison Ford do that? To pull this thing back on the tracks, <laughs> I would give the trailer probably like an eight, just because I don't give things perfect scores. But <laughs> but I will say I really like the trailer. The home line made me a little teary-eyed, a little misty. But um, and I loved the uh, voiceover, the Luke voiceover. I thought that was fantastic. In, indeed, I got to agree with that. But with that, our time is up. I want to thank everyone up here on the panel for your time and coming and being able to kind of do this podcast mashup. I want to thank everybody in the audience who has grown exponentially in the time we've been doing this. I want to thank everybody who we've met at Celebration. Be you here, be you already home. Uh, Friends that are present, friends long gone, friends who have past along the way who I am remembering this weekend at Celebration. It is the people that make Star Wars the experience it is for me now. And so thank you all. The people who were here this weekend is truly a reason to celebrate. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can be on the next episode of Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted are subject to use on our show. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can see more videos and reviews by subscribing to the Star Wars Action News YouTube channel. You can find the link from our homepage. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. 
Star Wars Action News podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, Josh, and Barrett. Star Wars Action News website designed by Jason. Photo editing by Jay. Graphic design by Chris. Associate produced and announcements by Brock. Segments hosted by Jerry, Jonathan, Brock, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2015, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a droid. <laughs> <laughs>